Gospel Tabernacle. What a blessing it is to be with you today. I am Tom Shanklin from Mankato, Minnesota in the United States of America. And uh, I am really blessed to be with you. I hope that you do not need an interpreter to understand me, you know, uh, as my friends in the in England like to tell me that you guys are the ones that uh, invented the English language. But I like to say that we're the ones that perfected it. So anyway, praise God. We each have our own way of speaking, but uh, the great thing is we have the same God and we have the same Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins, that we could have eternal life and that we could have this relationship with him today and that we can know him intimately. I wanted to mention to you that uh, my wife and I were with you actually in February of 2017 and uh, we participated in an outreach uh, in your center there and also in a home group and uh, we just we just really uh, enjoyed our time with you and so I'm putting up some pictures that you can just to remember that time I don't know if any of you remember us being there but we want you to know that Susan and I are, are praying for you, that we love you, that God loves you very much, that you are very important to him, and that you have a bright future. You know, the Lord has plans for you. I know the thoughts, he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And you know, the Lord wants you to know you have a bright future. So look up. Your redemption draws nigh. God has a tremendous plan for you. And so just be encouraged in this hour. The Lord is with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. Well, today I would like to share with you a message called the Holy Spirit, our helper. He is our helper, and he is a very present help in time of need. So we just want to have a, a time of studying the word of God concerning the Holy Spirit and what he does in our lives, you know, because the Bible said that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as we feed on God's word concerning the Holy Spirit, we will learn more about him and we will have faith for him to work in our lives. And, you know, we need the Holy Spirit. All of us need the Holy Spirit. These are challenging times all around the world. And we can't really live the Christian life without the help and the aid of the Holy Spirit. God did not design us to do this on our own. We, we were not just given a, you know, a, a, a rule book of instructions and say, well, just go do it. No, he gave us the Holy Spirit to help us. And so I want to focus on that thought today, the Holy Spirit, our helper. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your precious saints. I thank you for the love that you have for each one of us. I thank you, Lord, for the door that you have opened for us to come into your very presence and to know you, and that you have said that you would not leave us alone, but that you would come to us by the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray today in Jesus' name that you would make that such a reality in our hearts, and that each of us, Lord, would be encouraged powerfully by this message of the Holy Spirit. And we pray it in Jesus' name, and all the people said, Amen. Praise God. Well, we're going to be sharing from John's Gospel today. In the 14th chapter, we're going to begin in the 15th verse 
uh, through the 18th verse. John 14, 15 through 18. If you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another Consular, that he may be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, for it does not see him, neither does it know him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you fatherless, I will come to you. Now, these words were spoken by Jesus to his disciples in that period of time when he was preparing them for his departure. He knew that he would die on a cross for the sins of the world and be buried and be risen again and then ascend into heaven. So he was giving them instructions about this period of time after he was gone physically, after he was no longer on the earth. And of course, we are living in that time now. And, you know, I encourage you to, to spend time in John chapter 14, 15, and 16. These are some of the most precious precious treasures in the Word of God, you know. Uh, it really contains, of all, the of all the Gospels, it contains really the, uh, the essence of the life of the Christian. And, of course, it, it's, it's fleshed out more in the teachings of Paul and so forth. But I love to hear it from Jesus' lips, how we're to live, how the Holy Spirit's going to come and help us, how, how we're to abide in him, you know, how the Holy Spirit will be our helper and how we'll have peace. You know, in the world we'll have trouble, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. There's so many rich truths in John 14, 15, and 16. I think we could just live by those things and we would be so much better off. But I want to focus in on these three verses here, uh, uh, 15, 16, 17, 18, I guess four verses about the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said, I will not leave you fatherless. I will come to you. When the Holy Spirit comes, really, Jesus is coming. And if we read down further in this chapter, we'd say that the Father and the Son come to us by the Holy Spirit. There is really no separation between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, and he is God in action in the earth, and the Holy Spirit is the one who is working in the church to bring forth uh, the will of God and to glorify Jesus. But Jesus made that statement. He says, I, I will not leave you fatherless. Now, this word in the Greek is orphanos, orphanos, or orphans. And I think it's the, the New King James translates it that way. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And uh, the, the King James says, I will not leave you comfortless. So all these things are true. But the basic idea is that, you know, Jesus was leaving, but he was letting them know, you'll not be alone. I will be there with you forever by the Holy Spirit. And, and wow, in, in uh, John 16, 7, he says, it's expedient for you that I go away. For I, if I go not away, the comforter will not come. You know, so often we think, well, if we were just here, if we were just uh, alive during the time that Jesus was here, man, things would be so much better. And that would be great. 
Don't get me wrong. But Jesus said, hey, now the Holy Spirit has come. And you see, Jesus could only be at one place at a time in this physical body. But the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at once. Just think of it. He's right here in Mankato, Minnesota. And he's right there in Highbridge, uh, England, UK, right here, right now. Praise God. He's in our hearts and he lives in our hearts. So Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will send you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now, this is another Greek word here. This is parakletos. Parakletos means the one called alongside to help. That is the Holy Spirit. He is our parakletos. He is our helper. He is your helper. He is a very present help in time of need. You know, uh, in, in um, Psalm 46, in verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a well-proven help in trouble. And I like the way the King James says it, a very present help in trouble. God is your helper, you see. But how does he help you? He helps you by the Holy Spirit. If you need strength, he's your help. If you need wisdom, he's your help. If you need comfort, he's your help. You see, Jesus has not left you alone. You are not alone. You, he's still with you by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So he says, I, I will ask the Father and he will send you another comforter. He says another because Jesus himself was their comforter, counselor, helper, and all these things, you know, during the time that he was on the earth. But he says, I'm going to go away, but I'll send the comforter to you, the parakletos. Now, I like the amplified version here in this, in this verse. It says in the 16th verse, I will ask the Father... And he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and stand by, that he may remain with you forever. You see, this is not just some uh, religious talk, or it's just some concept, you know, or a thought process. This is a reality of someone who comes to live in you. And Jesus told his disciples, you know, he's, he's with you now. You know him. He's with you now. You see, the Holy Spirit was with them even through the ministry of Jesus because we know that Jesus was anointed uh, with the Holy Spirit. And we know that the Father gave the Spirit without measure to him. He had an immeasurable level of the Holy Spirit operating in his life and ministry. So they were walking with the Holy Spirit, and they knew the Holy Spirit. But he says, in this day, the Holy Spirit will not only be with you, he will be in you. You know, he will live in you. You know, Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3 was that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints the length, the breadth, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That is God's will for you. He wants you to be filled with all the fullness of God. Think of it. <laughs> How can we contain God, the one that stretched out the heavens? And yet God says he will live in us 
by the Holy Spirit. I mean, it is, it is just such an awesome thought. It is just such an awesome reality when this begins to work in your life and the power of the Holy Spirit begins to operate in your life, you become literally a, a different person, you know? Just ordinary, ordinary us, ordinary people become supernaturally endowed with the power of God. You know, uh, I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but the Holy Spirit's just, I just have an excitement in my heart, you know. Jesus said, in Luke 24, he says, wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And one thing that we need to realize about the Holy Spirit is that he's not just a, a gentle influence, you know, just a, a little something that might happen to you, a little, a little goosebump here and there, you know. Uh, no, the Holy Spirit is powerful. Think of it. He was involved in the creation of the universe. He created order out of disorder. You can read about it in Genesis. You know, he, he hovered over the face of the deep. And then when God's word was spoken, the Holy Spirit moved and brought forth light and brought forth these elements of creation. You know, the power, the power of the Holy Spirit is immeasurable. You know, in, in, uh, in Jeremiah, he says, oh, Lord God, you have made the heavens and the earth by thy great power, and nothing is impossible for you. You know, we need to remember that. We need to recognize that the one who lives in us, praise God, created the universe. No wonder he says in 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in you than he that's in the world. You know, sometimes we, we can go through trials and tribulations and difficulties and situations and, and read the news and see what's going on in the world. And we think, man, look what the devil's doing. Oh my, you know, I want to tell you something. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. I tell you, God loves you so much. He sent his son to die for you, to shed his blood on Calvary so all your sins could be forgiven, so that you could be a vessel that could receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to live in you and he wants to live in you big. Praise God. He wants you to just give place to him in every area of your life and receive of this powerful anointing of the Holy Spirit. You know, think of it. The Holy Spirit is the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And it says in, in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 11, that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, he will quicken your mortal body. Amen? So if you need a healing today, think about that and just receive the rejuvenation of the Holy Spirit into your life. Praise God. You know, it tells us in, the, in uh, Kings, in 1 Kings, that Elijah outran the chariot when the Spirit of God came upon him. Samson, you know, uh, killed the lion and, and, and destroyed the Philistines with the power that came upon his life through the Holy Spirit. And there's a power in us. You know, it may not be to destroy lions. We may not need that anointing, but we can set the captives free, praise God. We can walk in the anointing of the Holy One. And you know, it's God's plan for you to be like Jesus. And there's only one way that you and I are ever going to be like Jesus is we just allow the Holy Spirit to live big in us. 
So I want us just to think about that. Think about that scripture. If you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray the Father and he will give you another counselor that he may be with you forever. Praise God. See, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now, in your thinking and attitudes and speech and so on, you may walk away from the Lord, but he's not going to abandon you. He's going to continue to work. And so the best thing that you can do is work with him. And as he said in Ephesians, Paul says in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, he says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed until the day of redemption. So, you see, we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I heard someone say this, and, you know, many times when you hear someone teach something and, and it sticks with you, it's it's the Holy Spirit teaching through them. And, and I heard this man say, uh, the best way to grow spiritually is to avoid grieving the Holy Spirit. And, and, you know, as you grow in the Lord, you become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to what makes him happy and what doesn't make the Holy Spirit happy. And, and when you sense that within you, that you're not making the Holy Spirit happy, just move away from that and move into a place where you make him happy. And the more you praise God, the more it makes the Holy Spirit happy. And the more you preach the gospel, the more it makes the Holy Spirit happy. I found out the Holy Spirit's busy bearing witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's such a, that's such a powerful thing. And, and the devil's so deceptive about getting the church to go into little side roads and doing this and that instead of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we preach the gospel, we'll have the power. Amen? <clears throat> it said they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Well, how did the Lord work with them? Did, did Jesus come down from heaven every time that somebody was healed, every time a lame person needed to walk? No, the Holy Spirit. Jesus came by the Holy Spirit. The Father and the Son came by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here. He's right in the room with you today as you're listening and watching. And he loves you so much. And he wants to commune with you. You know, the Bible talks about the communion of the Holy Spirit. That's the sharing in common. He wants to have a fellowship with you. He wants to enjoy a relationship with you. Praise God. So just I just hope to encourage us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and recognize this relationship that we have with him. And, and, you know, when we're going through life, sometimes we're just plowing through, you know, we're just, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do that. And we're not just waiting. And I'm not talking about, you know, that we're going to always be uh, in a cave somewhere. But I'm just talking about as you're living, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Just wait before you blurt out that thing you shouldn't blurt and just see what the Holy Spirit says about it. Just wait a little bit before you make that decision that you're about to make. Just monitor the Holy Spirit because he, he wants to be your best friend. He, he wants to manifest the Father to you. He, he's, Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. I will come to you. Praise God. So that's so often awesome. So Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So in order for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, we have to come to that place 
where we surrender to Jesus, when we let him be Lord of our lives. That's called being born again. And that's when the Holy Spirit really comes into our life and begins to work and manifest himself. And then he'll lead and guide you into all truth and show you things to come. See, that's the beginning point when you accept Jesus. If you've never done that, we'll give you an opportunity before this uh, study is over to receive Jesus Christ. Because the Bible said, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God even to them that believe on his name. So when we believe on Jesus and we receive him in our heart as Lord and Savior, that's what opens the door for the Holy Spirit to come. You see, see, God does all the heavy lifting. He's got the power to change you, to make you different. Uh, he's got the power to give you victory in your life, you know. But you still, you do have a part, and that is to open the door. It's like uh, Jesus said in Revelation uh, 3.20, uh, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open, I will come in and sup with him. Well, how, how does Jesus come in and sup with us? By the Holy Spirit. And that's what he wants, wants to do in your life today. Praise God. He wants you just to open the door wide open and let him come in. Maybe you got some area you're struggling with, an area of sin, maybe a habit, addiction, whatever it is. Just let Jesus come in and sweep you clean, you know. Uh, it comes to mind about how Jesus talked about the, the person who is freed of a demon and then, then seven more come back, finding the vessel empty and swept and empty, you know. Don't be empty, amen. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, amen. Be filled with the fire of God. And, you know, the devil won't have a chance. Praise God. So um, I, I want to talk to you just a little bit here before we conclude this study about some of the ways the Holy Spirit works. Uh, because sometimes in our minds or just from what we've been taught, we have the Holy Spirit in a box. He can only do certain things. But I want to talk to you about just, just some of the things uh, that the Holy Spirit does, how he works, especially in the area of our redemption. And the, the first way is that he works to convict us of sin. And this, this pertains to the time before we come to the Lord, especially. Of course, he continues to bring conviction, as I said, grieve not the Holy Spirit. But I'm thinking particularly about the time, how the Holy Spirit works on us before we come to Christ. And this is important to know, too, as we share with Christ and share Christ with others and, and we pray for them to realize the Holy Spirit's working. Sometimes we want to do it all. We want to get them saved, you know. Well, no, our part is to be a witness, to share the gospel, and to give them an opportunity to come to Christ. But you see, the Holy Spirit is the one that works in their lives to convict them of their need for Jesus. And uh, that's in, in John uh, 16, 8, I believe it is. Yeah, John 16, 8, he said that the Holy, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin. When I was nine years old, so this would be, this would actually be in uh, 1960. I lived in Illinois in the center part of the United States. And <clears throat> my mother was a church-going woman. My dad was not so much. 
but he would go on holidays. And just so happened on Easter Sunday, 1960, I was nine years old. My dad was at church too. And I heard a gospel message on the resurrection, on, on Jesus' death on the cross and the resurrection. And I was convicted and I was drawn by the Holy Spirit. I mean, even now, this is, you know, many years later, I still remember that sitting in the pew and hearing that message and, and sensing the drawing of the Holy Spirit. And so I got up out of my seat that, that day, or the church that we went to, you know, believed in altar calls and they practiced altar calls. And I think probably it was a guest evangelist that was there that day. And I went forward and I prayed the sinner's prayer. And even later, a uh, short time later, I was baptized in water, but I did not really surrender my life to the Lord at that time. Uh, it, but it was a it was a powerful event in my life. I can still remember, you know, spiritual things you can remember. And that was a spiritual event in my life. And yet God was really not done in the work of my heart. But later, and this would be uh, 1977, I was 27 years old, in the fall of the year, I had begun to go to a, a church that preached Jesus, that believed in the power of the Holy Spirit, and I began to seek God. My wife and I, we had been in the, the hippie background, long-haired hippie types. We had been involved in drugs, and I was really bound up with drugs and alcohol. And uh, I, I really struggled because we started going to this church, and, and these people, you see, they, obviously they had something, and I wanted it. But I went through a time of, of a real struggle, a real um, pulling apart in my life because I was going one way with my lifestyle and my heart was going this way for Jesus. But I finally came to a place where I surrendered to the Lord. And um, I was baptized in water. And, and I, after I had been baptized, I, I went, went home and I was sitting in my pickup truck. You guys don't have a lot of pickup trucks, but we got pickup trucks here. I was sitting in my old pickup truck, you know, my wife was there and my kids and, and I'm praying. Actually, I was praying for the Holy Spirit to come in my life. And the Lord spoke to me. I heard his voice very clearly. And he said, turn from the things of the world. And I knew he was putting his finger on my lifestyle and the way I'd been living, especially the drugs and alcohol. And, and I just lifted my hands at that moment and I said, yes, Lord. I mean, there was a there was a surrender to the Lord at that point in time of my life. And at that moment, once I, once I said, yes, Lord, the Holy Spirit came in my life. And he began to speak through prophesy, prophecy. And he said, precious is the blood of the lamb, which was shed for you. And he also said, I give you a new life, free from the bonds of iniquity. And he, so he began to instruct me by the Holy Spirit, even things that I had not read yet in the word about what God had just done in my life. And that brings me to the second point. We were talking about what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit lets us know that we are children of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 16, he bears witness with us uh, that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ. The Holy Spirit, when you accept Christ, lets you know you're a child of God. 
gives you that peace, gives you that assurance of your salvation. So that's the second major work of the Holy Spirit. You know, John Wesley had that, the great uh, faith hero from, from your nation, who's the hero to us also. You know, he came to America. He's going to be a missionary. He's going to serve the Lord, you know. And But on the way over, a great storm came up and, and the boat was about to sink and, and he was scared to death. But here's the Moravian missionary sitting on the deck singing hymns and he knew something was different about them. So after he tried to be a missionary in America, finally he goes back to England and in a place called Aldersgate in a prayer meeting. He says, my heart was strangely warmed and I knew I was a child of God. See, my friends, that is the new birth. That's being born again of the Spirit of God. So that is the second work of the Holy Spirit we're talking about today. And, and then the third thing is, and you can read about this in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, the Holy Spirit shows us those things that are freely given to us of God. And that's what he's doing today. I mean, hopefully you're receiving some of that today. You know, the Holy Spirit is really our teacher, not me. But the Holy Spirit is teaching us leading us and guiding us into all truth. So he is revealing those things that have been given to us by virtue of Jesus's work on the cross and the work of salvation in our heart. And so uh, that's a lifetime experience of the Holy Spirit, letting him be your teacher. And then the finally, uh, the Holy Spirit empowers us to be a witness. And so that's so very important, praise God. So I hope you've been encouraged today about the work of the Holy Spirit. He is truly our helper. Uh, God loves you. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. And, and the cleansing of the blood of Jesus makes way for the Holy Spirit to come into your heart. And, you know, sometimes we think, well, uh, you know, I, I'm such a failure. I've done so many sins, you know. You know, Paul said something interesting. He said, uh, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. You know, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And I want you to know there's forgiveness in Jesus Christ, amen? And, and you can live without guilt and condemnation. And, and you, can, you can recognize you have a Savior, amen? I tell you what, don't live under a heap of condemnation all your life, which Jesus has already paid to deliver you from. <laughs> That's kind of a backward sentence, but if I hope you get what I mean. Don't let the devil beat you. You know, you've been set free, praise God, and Jesus is Lord. So if you never received him, now's an opportunity to do that. We're going to lead you in a prayer and just pray it from your heart. And I tell you, things are going to change in your life. The Holy Spirit's going to come in and lead you into all truth. Just say these words. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ, your Son, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, came to this earth to die for me. I believe Jesus died for me. I believe he rose again. And today I say, yes, Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Come into my life by the Holy Spirit. Make me a new creature. 
Bring me into your family, and I will give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you. It's been great to be with you, and we hope to see you again soon. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Good News for Everyone from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom and I want to invite you to visit our website at www.shanklinministries.org. You will find many encouraging articles and videos and podcasts. There's news about our worldwide outreach and also ways you can connect with us. We'd love to hear from you.